Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast, where we believe success can be achieved by small and simple means. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. So I wanna, uh, I wanna welcome um, my good friend on the th- onto the podcast and uh, he's a family man. He's an account manager for a tech company owns a clear glass window cleaning company as well. Um, and before I, I, I t- introduce him, I just have to say he's probably one of the nicest guys I know. So without further ado, welcome Walker Sandstrom. Thanks, thanks for oh, coming you, on the podcast, dude. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me. This, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, this, I think I told you this, this is the first time I've ever done, I mean, done a podcast or been on one. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked. So, uh, Walker, tell us a little bit, um, about your story, um, like what you do for a living. Um, maybe, maybe you can lead from graduating college or maybe a little bit of your college experience going into what you're doing, how you got into doing what you're doing now, and then how you got into creating, um, your side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me. I, uh, I grew up, my, my dad was a dentist, still is a dentist. And so I grew up my whole life wanting to do, wanting to be my dad. Uh, he was, he's, he's a very tall man, very athletic. I always wanted to be six, six. I wanted to be taller than him. I wanted to be six, six, go play college basketball, uh, you know, be, be like my dad. Um, and then eventually go, uh, into his dental practice and do that. And so going into college, that's, that's what I did. Um, I didn't go play college ball, of course, because I'm definitely not six, six, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, control the things that you can, or, uh, you know, worry about the things you can control. So I, uh, so I went into college dead set on going to, to dental school, which is, you know, which is a great, a great path for a lot of people. Um, but for me, as I was going through, through the program, uh, you know, my undergraduate, uh, I found that I wasn't loving the classes and I wasn't doing as well as I had hoped. Um, but probably I, I now thinking about it, it's because I found I wasn't super passionate about that. Um, and my wife and I, we were actually just talking about this the other day. You probably remember this, Jake. Um, when we at, at BYU-Idaho, they had the, I think they were called like IBC groups, um, basically like part of the business program. You had to for a semester or two had to do the business, like create a business from the ground up and do all that. And every semester I was like, man, that looks so fun. And I was like, but you know, I was like, oh, it's not in my program, but so super cool. Those guys are having so much fun. Those guys and girls are having so much fun. Wish I could do that. Um, my wife and I, we didn't clue into that, that I love entrepreneurial, you know, have that bug. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just, again, dead set on school and anyway, got, got further down the road, um, in school and finally kind of hit me. I was like, you know, I probably don't want to do this. Um, so let's, let's try to figure something else out. I was too far along in my program at BYU, Idaho, cause they have the credit cap. So they're like, ah, eh, you have to, sorry, you have to graduate as quick as you can. 
And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try to do grad school or try to figure it out somehow. A very big blessing of going to BYU-Idaho is that they require internships. Um, at the time, it was kind of a pain because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and so I was like, felt like I was jumping through hoops just to graduate. Um, I wish I would have looked at it in, in a different light. Um, but when I, uh, you know, ended up getting this internship with, with uh, it's called Magellan Health, um, and end up interning for them for about six months and then uh, got hired on full time, which ended up being an incredible blessing. I loved my time there. Um, and, and that's a healthcare company. Don't have to go into Yeah. What did you do exactly for Magellan? Yeah. So I was, uh, interning for them. I did, um, I did operations and customer experience for them. So, I mean, being an intern, I wasn't like on the front lines by any means. I, you were, was told you were going to and do. picking up coffee for people, huh? <laughs> not, not quite isn't that, that, isn't that how yeah. internships go? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, so it was still a really good learning experience. Um, I found that I uh, really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed that type of work um, and, and being in the healthcare field still. And so when I was there, I, I did a lot of, like I said, I was in the operations department, did a lot of customer experience made sure that our members, our customers were being taken care of and how we could better better their experience, essentially. Um, from there, I got hired onto um, a team that was just created. So it was, uh, it was two gentlemen, and then they hired me uh, to do product development. And we all kind of, like, we were just opening the department. Uh, so that was a really good opportunity. Um, and it kind of had that entre entrepreneurial bug because, they were just like, we have this, the company was kind of like, we have this idea, go do it. Um, and so we had to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, in a nutshell, what, what we were responsible for was developing programs and products um, for our clients, um, whether that was something completely new in the industry or something that like a Me Too program. So if like another company, one of our competitors had it, we tried to do that same thing, but enhance it. Um, so I worked with all, all parts of the company. I worked with clinical folks. So like um, physicians, uh, even like pharmacists, nurses. Um, and then, and then also I worked with our legal team. I worked with our finance team. So I really got to know um, the industry really, really well. Um, and so, and then my team was incredible. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, from there, or while I was in that role, I ended up um, taking over this one product and we had a vendor that we used and worked with them for about, probably about two years, maybe about two and a half years. And, uh, and from there, I saw on LinkedIn one day that they had a job posting and I was like, hey, I love this company. These, these people are incredible. The product's awesome. Um, and and I was just like, let's, let's take a shot. So I applied for it um, and, and started working there, actually. That's called Impulse Mobile. Um, started working there uh, about two months ago, actually. So been there, loving it. Now, now with them, I'm, I'm an account manager. So I, uh, we have clients. We manage their, you know, their book of business mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and make sure that they're taken care of and, and create and grow their their programs that they have with us. So. 
Okay. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about this entrepreneurial bug though that you had. So, yes, cause you and I met in college and I, if I remember correctly at the same time, cause I was originally going to school to be a dentist too. And I think we yeah. were doing that at the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then I ended up switching to business and doing the IBC thing and, and, and all that, that you talked about, but, um, so you still have this itch that hasn't quite been scratched, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and so how did, like, how did it come about that you started this, this window cleaning business that seems to be doing pretty well? Yeah. So when, when I interned for, uh, for Magellan, I was, it was down in Arizona. That's where my whole family is. Um, but it was only a part-time internship. So I, and I wasn't taking any classes. So I only worked about 20 hours a week. And I was like, I want to do something else. So I was talking to my brother and, um, and he's like, Hey, why don't we try to do Christmas lights? And he's like, I, he, he's a, a, an attorney. He doesn't have, didn't have time to actually go install the Christmas lights and all that stuff. Um, but being a poor college student, I couldn't fund it from the, you know, ground up. And so he's like, what if I fund it? and you do the manual labor, but you also just kind of run it. He's like, I'll just be your source of income. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that's where it kind of got started. Uh, during that, during my internship, I did that. And, uh, and it was so fun. I loved it. So I, after the Christmas season, um, after I took them down, I was like, oh, well, I want to keep doing something. I want to keep, you know, I want to grow this somehow. And, um, and so I was like, what, what could I do? That's like a service-based could use potentially use the same clients. Um, and I was like, what about window cleaning? And it wasn't any, you know, groundbreaking thing, but I was uh-huh. just like, it's fun. I love being outside, uh, doing things with my hands. And, um, and I liked creating a business. So that's, that's how it started. So I have to, I, I give, you know, credit to my, my brother, cause he didn't like find that entrepreneurial bug in me, but he, helped me open that door, uh, to get started. I, uh, I remember when we were in college, you and I talked about starting a mobile detailing business together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish we would have pulled the trigger on that. Me too. That looking back, I've thought yeah, of that looking back, times, yeah. uh, I wish uh, that would have been a perfect time to learn and grow and, and yeah. scratch that itch that I think we both had. Um, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the business. So, um, so you're doing this job that you've got right now, full-time as an uh, ads or account manager, mm-hmm. how have you been able to find time or what have you done to be able to get this thing going? Cause I think there's a lot of people out there, especially since COVID and stuff hap- has happened. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to think about side hustles a lot more or mm-hmm. what they can do on the side to earn extra income or whatever. How, like what's some advice can you give them or what did step did you steps did you take to get to that point where you're like, yeah, I'm pulling the trigger on this and, and now I've got a business going. Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. So with me, um, with my situation, it was last year. So actually let me take a step back. So when I was in Arizona, we did, uh, you know, the window cleaning after the Christmas lights. Then after I got hired on full-time, uh, from the company that I interned with, um, we moved up to Utah where we are now. And so, because it was a pretty sudden move and, um, so, moved up here, new job. I didn't want to focus on that at the time, doing a side hustle at the time. just wanted to focus on my job. Then last year during COVID, um, I've always wanted to start something again, uh, like, because I have that, that bug. So last year came around and I was working Eastern time. My whole team was on the East coast. And so I just, I worked from like six to three 
so I had a couple hours of, of daylight. And so um, I was like, why don't I try to do window cleaning? So I talked to one of my buddies here and uh, he had somewhat of a flexible schedule as well. And so we uh, just made it work. Uh, what we would do is, uh, you know, we, after getting everything set up, the way that we made it work with our schedules was we just did um, window cleaning after work. So we usually do like one job a day, um, probably around four jobs a week. Um, and then we're like, Hey, this, we're getting more, you know, more clients than we can handle. Um, and so we ended up getting a couple, couple guys that had recently graduated high school and they worked for us. And anyway, so that's kind of how we got going, um, to, to start. That's awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your business. So you, are you doing both residential and commercial, um, how many clients have you gotten up to now? And, uh, and tell, tell us a little bit about your role now in the, in the business. Cause it sounds like when you first got started, you were doing a lot of the, the stuff yourself, but things, it sounds like things might've changed. Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, uh, just like you're saying, we now have grown quite a bit, um, both commercial and residential residential definitely is our, uh, bigger book. Uh, we have quite a few residential clients, um, so it's basically just like homes. Um, but then we have tried to get uh, commercial. Now we're not the guys that are coming down the skyscrapers being, you know, in the harnesses going down that, that would terrify me. Um, but we have, you know, there's like two or three, maybe even four story buildings, um, that we do for office buildings. So we do both of those. Um, and like you said, from the get go, my buddy and I, his name's McKay. Uh, we did, we did everything we did you know, the, the bookkeeping, the marketing, the sales, the, the actual work, um, all ourselves, uh, now, uh, with having crew members, we, uh, we solely focus on, um, like the marketing sales, obviously like still bookkeeping. Um, and then, and then trying to, and just like the strategy behind it of how to figure out the best systems, uh, for our crew. And then also, um, how to, how to take care of them best and make them feel valued. And so anyway, now we're just trying to scale, scale the business. That's awesome. So how, how many guys do you have in total counting? Uh, so obviously there's you and, and your, and your partner. Um, yeah. How many guys do you have total working for you? Yeah. So with the two of us, um, and then we now have two crew members. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So it went from uh, doing the grind to, less of the grind. And now you've got people working for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, fun. Uh, you know, it's fun. I, so I hear this often. It's like, uh, from small business owners that are solo operators. Um, I hear all the time. They're like, well, no one's going to be able to do the job as good as I can. No one can take care of the business as good as I can. I'll hear stuff like, um, it's hard to find good people to work. And then, so it's not worth the time, the money effort anyways, cause you're going to end up firing them anyways. And just all this negativity but it sounds like it's working out for you. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what your thoughts are on, on some of those kind of comments. Yeah. Um, you know, I can definitely see where why people can think that way. Um, one of my favorite guys that I follow, um, he has no idea I exist, um, but <laughs> Gary V, we talked about him the other day. Um, and he gets asked those questions a lot and he's, you know, uh, had an interview 
basically someone saying like, hey, exactly what you said, like they can't do the job as well as I can, or they're not working as many hours as I do. And he's like, why would they? They don't own the business. Like this is their job. Make sure that they do a good job, but nobody's going to care about it more than you do because this business is your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so when when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's that's a fantastic perspective. It's like, of course, I'm going to care more because we started, we own it, we run it. Um, so hearing it from that perspective, it kind of made me take a step back and, and recognize where they're coming from. With that being said, we have been... Uh, selective about who we want to hire. Um, and I, you know, we've been very fortunate with the people that we've, we've brought on um, and, and they're fantastic. And, and one thing we've really tried to focus on is we want to give them, we want them to feel valued because we've all been in jobs, you know, positions, whatever it may be, whether, you know, even if it's like in high school with like a working at a fast food restaurant or something, we've all been at the point where we feel like we're just a body. And, and I don't like that. Um, when I was in that situation, I hated it. You dread going to work. Um, and, and so that's one thing we've tried to value is, is, um, making sure that they feel cared for. Um, and that also, um, to do that because they will give us better work, um, because they feel like, Hey, these guys really care about me. Um, and then we also have fun. Like we went to a jazz playoff game, um, with, with the company, with the, with the crew and everything, because we want to reward them. They're doing a fantastic job. Um, and so we, we want to make sure that they're valued. So when I hear people say that, um, I, my advice would be put yourself in their shoes. Of course, they're not going to love it as much as you do. Um, and then also again, put yourself in their shoes um, and just, and see it from their perspective of wanting to be cared for and know that you're gonna, that you're gonna, you have their back and that you trust them. Like we've had one, uh, one instance, maybe two instances where clients have said it was done poorly. And, and then I quickly, my, my first reaction is, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, that you had a poor experience, but I trust our crew. Um, I don't say this to them. This is in my mind. Um, I'm like, I trust my crew because we, they've been trained well. Um, and then also they're, they're incredible people and they're honest, hardworking perfectionists because we're, you know, we don't want to have big old streaks going down the window. So we, so we trust them. Um, and, and then I just ask them like, Hey, you know, what happened here? And they're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. So we go back and investigate. But anyway, my, what I'm trying to get at is, um, we trust our, our crew. And, and then because they feel that trust, that value, they want to give us better work. And, and I really think that, uh, that happens. So that would be my advice is to, to trust your, your people. Obviously there's going to be a bad, a bad apple everywhere you go or not everywhere, but there's going to be bad eggs or whatever you want to call it. Um, but for the most part, if people feel valued, trusted, they want to do a good job. Yeah, I agree with that. I think too, a lot of times um, business owners just get in their own way. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, what, I, yeah. what I mean by that, I mean a couple of things by that. Like, for example, um, I'll share a story actually. So it was during after hours. So I have an office guy and it was after hours and I uh, had saw a message come through on our Facebook page 
and he handles that during the office hours. But of course I saw it and I just had this itch that I felt like I had to respond, uh, even though it was after hours. Uh So I responded to the Facebook page, uh, or the Facebook message. Well, long story short, I ended up making the situation worse, worse because I got in the way and dabbled in his office stuff when he, he does the office stuff and I like, he does it better than I do. Uh, which at first I thought I did everything better. Right. Because that's the, that's sometimes the mindset you have like, Oh, no one's going to do as good a job as me. Well, actually when I got out of the way, he does better than I do. And it allows me to work on uh, more growth opportunities. So I've been able to scale faster because I've gotten out of the way. Um, but sometimes like as business owners, we want to go in and micromanage and it, yeah. uh, it ends up stunting your, your growth. It seems like. Yeah, no, that now that you bring that up, that reminds me of a scenario that, that we had probably about a month ago, one of our, our crew members, he came back and well, actually we were, we were noticing a couple things happening with, uh, with one of the, the pieces of equipment that we use. And, and we, so we were brainstorming, trying to think of different things. Um, and we couldn't quite figure out how to fix it. And so then, you know, it was working 95% of the time, but then the other 5%, it was really frustrating. I was like, what, why isn't this working? Couldn't quite figure it out. Um, about a week later, he came back, uh, he was done for the day. We were just checking in and he was like, Hey, I think I figured it out. And he figured out a whole new system to eliminate that 5% error. And, and it doesn't take much more time. And, but so what I'm getting at is, I got out of the way and, you know, we were trying to figure it out, but he, he's on the job every day doing it. He knows the stuff and he figured it out and now it works. We do it a lot faster and a lot more efficiently because of the system that he, he figured out. So yeah, getting out of the way helped him, him grow. And then also helped our, our company. I think as leaders as, or as business owners, we need to allow um, our employees to, or our team members, um, to come up with ideas and to allow them sometimes to even try, sometimes I think you even allow them to try them out. Even if you know, and you're like, you just know it's not going to work out (laughs) to validate them, um, in that decision-making and idea process. Cause I know, um, like you said, your guys are in like the, the thick of it. I was talking to my employee the other day about it. I said, cause we, I, one of our, we have top three, three top priorities in our company. The first one is to deliver a phenomenal, uh, since it's pest control, pest control experience. The second one is sales. And then the third one is to create or improve efficiencies. Yeah. So when they're on the front lines and they might see a way of, to do something better that we hadn't considered and, and to encourage yeah. those ideas and stuff that I think is important. So I totally agree. Totally agree. So Walker, tell us a little bit about, um, so the theme of our podcast is, you know, we, we believe that, um, success can be achieved by small and simple means. And (laughs) I've always find that it's always something super small and simple that people do consistently that seems to lead to their success. What do you feel has led to your success so far, um, with your cleaning business? That, yeah, that's a, there, there are a lot of things one, and we've kind of talked about a few of them, but I would say one is our, uh, our method of marketing um, and advertising. So we've actually, personally, we haven't done any paid advertising yet. Like we haven't done paid Facebook, paid Instagram stuff. Uh, we want to get to there, uh, but we haven't needed it. Um, and so one thing that is very easy 
and and awesome because I love working with people um, is we we message uh, like influencers so Instagram uh, people that have a lot of a big following um, uh-huh. particularly in our in our area whether that's you know up to ten thousand or not up to like from like ten thousand we've even had somebody that had like eighty five thousand yeah. uh, followers and so what we do is we we reach out to them and. Uh, we offer a really good discount and we say, you know, um, like we, we love your content. We want to, uh, we would love to work with you, um, and, and get to know you. And, um, and so we'd offer, we'd love to offer you a a really good discount, um, in in exchange for posting on your stories, um, and then having like a discount code. Um, and some people have turned it down, which of course that happens everywhere, um, but for the most, most part, people have been really receptive and because you don't really think of cleaning your windows, but then when somebody says, we'll give you a really good discount, um, they're like, oh, heck yeah, let's do that. So yeah. just working with, with them and we just message, um, a handful every so often. It's, so again, it's something very simple. Um, but that has really led to, um, growing our business. That's where probably 80% of our businesses, uh, I would say probably about 50% of the initial clients. And then from there, um, it has been word of mouth. And so we always ask our, our uh, clients to post them like a neighborhood Facebook, um, or even like some like a neighborhood group me or just a tech neighborhood text. And, and so we just ask like, if you feel comfortable, we would love that. Um, and not everybody does, but you know, some do and and that also has grown to to help us a lot so again those are two small things uh, messaging influencers and then two uh asking for referrals essentially i i think uh and and i because i know you as a person and i know your integrity i think too when you have a service that you're providing a good quality service and you're doing an honest you know honest day's work Mm -hmm word of mouth, like referrals are just going to come, yeah. uh, when you're providing a good service and, yeah. and you have good customer service. So, yeah. and I know, and I know you, so I know I'm sure that's helping with some of the, the referral oh, process. So hope so. Yeah. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, um, I'm going to transition to another question here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, cause I have a YouTube channel. I have this podcast and I, you know, I'm doing the TikTok and stuff and I'm trying to target, um, people that either want to start a business or are small business owners or wanting to be entrepreneurs or, or, or whatever, having these side hustles. And, um, I think some people are afraid to take that leap or they're like, Oh, I don't know what to start, but I want to do something. If someone was interested in starting a side business or a side hustle or, you know, a business or whatever, what would be some advice you would give them? Yeah, I, I love that question. Um, so I can talk about this one for a long, long time. So maybe on a future podcast, we can dive even deeper into it. But um, but one thing I would, I have two things. Um, surround yourself with people that are encouraging. Um, so I have to, have to bring up my wife in this. Um, when I started, well, I should say when I restarted Clear Glass here in Utah, um, we had a really new baby. She was probably six months old. My wife was working full-time at the time. And, um, and then 
I mean, as you know, you have, you have two kids, kids are, are a lot. And then with a working spouse, that's a lot. And so I was a little nervous to, to bring it up, not because I was worried about how she was going to react. Um, but just because I, I knew of her situation that she was already doing so much for our family with working full-time being a mom full-time, we didn't, we didn't send Nora, uh, to daycare. She, uh, um, she was just here granted she was a baby. She kind of just hung out all the time. Um, and, but, uh, um, so I, I knew how much she was doing and, and saying, I want to, you know, be away um, like to start something, I have to be out there at night. Um, when that's usually the hardest part of the day, when the kids are, when the kids are tired, um, and she didn't bat an eye. She was like, let's do it. Like, I know you have that bug. You love it. Let's like, I'm totally supportive. So we made, we came up with a plan, worked with, with my partner McKay. Um, and he was in that same boat. He, our daughters are, are really close in age. And so he was in that same boat, very similar, um, and so we, um, just having that support system, people that are encouraging, I would say, uh, it is huge. Um, and then the second thing I would say is, is, uh, is actually, I think might be one of your, your further questions. Um, but one of the best pieces of advice I got was from my dad, um, that he, now nah, hopefully I don't butcher it, but it was, a uh, don't rush, but don't drag your feet. And so, that was referring to when I got home from my mission of mm-hmm. getting married, you know, I, that's, you know, what I wanted to, to do is to search for my wife and sure enough did. But, uh, um, but he told me, he's like, don't rush. You don't have to be in, in a hurry, but don't drag your feet. Cause there's some people that just want to just party and, you know, everyone does their own thing. But, um, but for me, that was a great piece of advice. So I've, I've applied that in a lot of different ways. So in this, in this scenario with a business or side hustle, um, I think, it requires uh, some research, some learning, um, but you can do all the reading you want and research. You can know stuff so well, but until you take action, you're obviously not going to have a business. You're not going to start making money. Um, so that would be my advice is uh, don't rush, um, but don't drag your feet. Um, and, and if you do that, like it's fun. Um, and, and then my third piece of advice is uh, even, even though it'll be challenging, it's, it's fun. Remember why you went into it, why you're interested in it. And just remember the, the fun that the fun that can come from, or that has come from having a business. That, that's great advice. We're going to move on to the next segment and we're going to have to have you on. Cause there's a lot of stuff I feel like we can pull out of it or talk more about. Um, so I'm super excited to do future episodes with you. I think it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, this next segment that we go into, we call it our final three. And these are the three final questions we ask every guest that comes on the podcast. And the first one is uh, the most recent book you've read and one thing you've learned from it. Yeah. So that's actually a very good uh, question for me, not because I have all the advice and I don't read a ton. Um, but one of my, one of my goals from this year uh, or for this year is to, is to read more. I have like specific uh, breakdowns of that. So with that being said, I haven't read a ton this year, so this might sound <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but at the beginning of the year, my wife and I, we read it together, uh, which I loved. It was super fun. I would encourage anybody, uh, to have like a marital book club. It was really fun. Uh, we read like not read it together, but we would read it separately, come back together, talk about principles. Uh, anyway, getting back to the question, the book was called Atomic Habits. Um, and I, am 
bad. I can't remember uh, the man's name that wrote James it. James Clear. Thank you. James Clear. Thank and we'll, and we'll probably put a link in the description if anybody's interested in that book. Um, but yeah, it's a super good book. It's fantastic. And I, and again, I can talk about the principles there uh, for a long, long time. Uh, it's has so much, so much gold in it. Um, but there is, but the one, one thing that I, uh, really took away from that was just getting 1% better. Um, I, again, I can talk, even talk about that one for a long time, but essentially, um, just trying to be a little bit better every day or even every week, um, over time it's exponential and, and you'll be so much better, uh, than you were for a year ago or even a couple months ago. So that's, that's been my focus this year has been tracking, um, my goals and then trying to be 1% better every month. That's, and, and that's it's been, awesome. it's been awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause it's right in line with the theme of our podcast, yeah. right? By small and simple things are great things brought to pass, or, you know, you can achieve success by doing the small and simple things consistently. And, yeah. uh, I, James clear, that book is fantastic. Uh, and I love that principle. And uh, I was actually just talking to somebody else about this. It's crazy that when you're doing something consistently on a daily basis, even if you don't want to do it, if you yeah. can do that daily discipline long enough for it to become habit, you'll see it like go like this and you don't think you're making any progress. And then yeah. all of a sudden it'll hit that compound interest, that, that exponential growth and just boom. And then you're yeah. like, holy cow, look how far I've come. You know, yeah. it's just, there's it's, that six pack. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, don't have not that yet. Much, but <laughs> hopefully one day it'll just show up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. As long as I'm consistent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, fantastic book. Uh, so the second question uh, we have is, uh, what is one principle you strive to live your life by? That's a good, good question. Um, and again, I I like to talk. If you haven't noticed, uh, even just by this this episode, but. Uh, so there are a lot of things that I tried to try to live by, um, but I, I one that I, I would say right now is assume the best, um, whether that's in your current situation, um, like so yeah, assume the best with your personal self, uh, but then also assuming the best with the people that you're surrounded by, um, because you never know what anybody's going through. Um, whether they had a really crappy day and they're driving on the freeway and give you the bird because you're going a little bit slower, you know, just we're driving, we're, we're human. Um, and, and I could really let that get to me and really get me frustrated. And sometimes I do. Um, but a lot of the times what I try to remember is to assume the best and just remember, man, they must've had a really hard day or even, um, you know, just with people at work and anyway, you could, you could apply that to so many different things. Um, but I, I say that because it helps me personally be a lot happier, um, and a lot kinder and a lot more patient, but then also it helps me have a lot more sympathy, sympathy, empathy, one of the two, I always mix those words up. Um, but, uh, it helps me try to see things in a different light and to, to understand where people are coming from and overall just makes me a much happier person. That's, that's awesome. So Walker, tell us a little bit where people, Oh no, I got to do my third question. You've already kind of answered this question. I did, I'm brushing yeah. it over, over it. Um, so besides the advice your dad's given you, yeah. <laughs> what has been one of the greatest pieces of advice you've been given? Oh, where to begin? Um, 
Uh, again, I, I talk about my wife a lot. I love her. So probably it's probably a good thing. Um, but she, um, obviously she's had a huge part in my life. Um, but one piece of advice, I mean, she, we, we talk, talk all the time. Her desk is right there. So we work with each other all the time. Um, I just had one in my mind and I kind of just blanked on it. Um, uh, that that's what it was. Um, it's not like a specific phrase or whatnot. It's just kind of been a, just a, over time what we've talked about in the principle. Um, but essentially do what you love. And, and she is so encouraging of, of that and making sure that I enjoy my work, um, my everyday life, whether that's the, my full-time job or like side hustles or what, whatever it may be. Um, she's very encouraging of uh, do what you love and what you enjoy. Um, and because we, we always hear people say, um, like retire by I, I, fire. Is that what it's called? I forget the financially independence, retire early. Yes. That that. Yeah. 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 Which is fantastic. I would love to have, you know, uh, income coming in without me even thinking, um, and be able to live in Bora Bora, you know, like that'd be incredible. But I think I would go a little crazy just being, you know, not, not having structure. Um, and so what we've talked about is do what you love. And if, and if I really love something, I'm going to want to continue to do that for the rest of my life. Um, and so if I get to the point when I'm, you know, 65 and I'm still loving what I'm doing, I'll continue working, you know, or even 50. Um, mm -hmm. I hope I can get to that point to where, you know, before it's like, I can make the decision to retire early, but I want to be in a place where if I want to continue working, I love what I'm doing. And so that's, that's one thing I, I have really loved that she said is love what you do that's, or do that, what you love. That's called freedom. Exactly. I, yeah. I think, right. Yeah. If you're in a financial exactly. position to where you can decide whether you want to work on a passion project, um, a non, uh, or a, um, nonprofit or whatever, yeah. you can do what you love. And, exactly. uh, which is crazy because sometimes I, when you do that, the money follows. Yeah, exactly. But, and, and I, you could even flip that as like, do what you love and love or love what you do. No, do what you love and then love what you do. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, anyway, yeah. So you can kind of flip it the other way. Cool. So, but yeah, freedom. It's a good one. So Walker, where can people find out a little bit more info about you if they uh, wanted to reach out or, or link up with you? Yeah. So they could, um, on LinkedIn, uh, just Walker Sandstrom and then even just, uh, our website uh, for, for, for clear glass. Um, Cause there's a, a place that you can reach out there or even our Instagram page, clear glass window cleaning. You can just search that you'll find it pop up. Cool. Um, so yeah, just any of those ways you can reach out. Cool. And, and like I said, I'll put those in the show notes, man. Thanks for, thanks for uh, coming on. I'm uh, glad we were able to get you on and we'll definitely have yeah. you in on future episodes and uh, continue to see where your, your, your business goes. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to having you on again. Well, thank, thanks for having me, Jake. This has been awesome. Excited awesome. to be back.